Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It is somehow week 14 of the NFL season. No clue how that happened, but here we find ourselves. I am Alex Shane, as always, covering all things Patriots Cardinals. Coming up on Monday night with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich Hill, uh, another primetime game. Another Monday night game coming up. Um, <laughs> it's the Cardinals. And it was funny, we were talking before the podcast actually went live. Is The Cardinals are, A, one of those teams that... I keep forgetting is even in the NFL and B I feel like this is probably the, the best roster the NFL had ever seen. If this team was playing in like 2016, but it's 2022 <laughs> and it's a weird matchup. How are you doing? Oh, great. This the uh, I'm excited about this week. I don't know about you. I feel like we're in the home stretch of the season. This is really a make or break it game for the Patriots where I can personally decide whether or not to continue to emotionally invest myself in the potential of this team. Like if they lose to the Cardinals, there's zero path to the postseason for this Patriots team. If they if they win, uh, this is a pretty good week to start mounting a comeback because there's a lot of games that can only go in the Patriots' favor. Uh, and, and what I mean right now is that uh, you got a Jets and Bills game. You got a Browns and Bengals game. You got a Dolphins and Chargers game. Uh, those are all games that kind of regardless of the outcome can go in the Patriots' favors, mostly because like the Browns and Chargers nipping at the Patriots' heels for one of the final uh, wildcard spots. Jets and Bills, no matter what happens there, that's like – fine it's like kind of neutral for the patriots kind of expect the bills to win that'll help out new england in the wild card hunt and then dolphins and chargers if dolphins win like that'll help the patriots distance from the chargers if the chargers win that'll help the patriots within the afc east so this is a pretty good week for it alec are you ready as ready as i can be i suppose you know again i feel like every week we are on here talking about all these scenarios and how Everything's kind of crazy, but I do like the fact that pretty much any outcome we see from a Patriots perspective can be spun as a good one. Uh, a couple of really good games, objectively. I'm psyched for Buccaneers 49ers. That could be a yep. good game. Even though Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. I think Browns-Bengals is always a good game. Ravens-Steelers is always a good game. And Vikings-Lions, you never know what's going to happen with those guys. So I, I'm excited about the, the slate of games as a whole. I'm not a huge fan of the third straight primetime game from a coverage perspective. But- <laughs> What you're gonna do here, Rich Hill? Um, but yeah, man, it, it should be a should be a fun week of football, and I I'm looking forward to kind of putting the red zone channel on on Sunday and just kind of seeing what happens. Uh, I do agree with you that I mean it's not like technically a must win game for the Patriots because they are not out of it if they if they if they lose this game. But you know, given the slate of games they have coming up, they have to win games like this against the Cardinals, who are not very good. They have to win against the Raiders. So this is a a really good chance for them to go on the road on a prime time game. Have the they just won in prime time this season? I don't think they have. I don't think so. 
no. So let's let's get a let's get a prime time win. Let's get a Monday night win, and then they come back to earth a little bit, and they have a nice one o'clock game next week, which I'm excited about against uh against the Bengals or the Raiders. Oh, the, the Raiders. Oh no, it's a four o'clock game, isn't it? Because they flexed it out. Yeah, but anyway, West Coast. West Coast style. Pat's Cardinals, Rich. Let's get into it. We've seen an anemic offense in the Patriots. Uh, we look at the 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 Cardinals offense again. We I talked about a little bit. Like there's a lot of talented players on this Cardinals offensive roster, but I feel like they were guys that are all kind of past their prime. You know, a 34-year-old A.J. Green, a a slightly over-the-hill Robbie Anderson. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best, if not the best receivers in the NFL. There's John, uh, was it John Connor? Like, he's been around for a long time. I feel like there's a lot of players. Zach Ertz, kind of on the back end of his career. There are a lot of name players on this offensive roster, but none of them are really game changers anymore outside of Hopkins. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is reminding me a lot of the, was it like the late 2000s Boston Celtics teams or like the early 20s, like when they just would have like Shaq on the roster. Uh, There's a lot of players here that like are contributing, but they're like not who they once were uh, other than Hopkins. And like, I mean, you look up and down this, uh, maybe that applies more for like individual players, but like they've also been dealing with a ton of injuries and suspensions on this Cardinals front. Like, James Conner dealing with injuries, Marquise Brown dealing with injuries, uh, Rondale Moore dealing with back injuries. Zach Ertz is on the IR. Uh, there's a whole bunch of players that are just like either not available or they're limited. And then you had Hopkins who was suspended for the first chunk of the year with his uh, PED suspension. And then you look at the offensive line. And this was a this was a factoid that really stood out to me when I was looking at uh, kind of just like the snap counts for the Cardinals. Um we think we've been struggling as New England Patriots fans watching just this offensive line just be in a pure rotation. Alec, this Cardinals offensive line, my goodness, this will be a good opportunity for Patriots fans to take a deep breath and have some like appreciation uh, for it not being that bad. Uh, Kelvin Beecham is there was one of their offensive tackles. He's played almost every single snap this year. That's great. He's the only offensive lineman for the Cardinals that have played over 70% of the snaps this year. The only one who's played over more than two out of three snaps. Uh, DJ Humphreys, their other offensive tackle, has played a hair below two out of three snaps. No other offensive lineman for this Cardinals team has played more than 50% of the snaps this year. They're rotating at center. They're rotating at guard. They've been dealing with injured players in and out of that lineup. Alec, I, I feel like if the Patriots are going to beat this Cardinals team, uh, they're facing a mobile quarterback this is probably as good of a scenario as possible for New England to be able to beat the offensive line to win that trench game to ensure that Kyler Murray doesn't have a field day running around. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw a question right back to you, Rich. I mean, you know, obviously he is a mobile quarterback, and I guess he has to be given the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so good for him if it was kind of like a like a, a statue back there, like a Matt Ryan, he'd be in a lot of trouble. But I mean, there there's yet to be a highly mobile quarterback in the NFL. The Patriots haven't struggled against. If you want to throw Zach Wilson as the exception, you can, but I wouldn't really put him in the kind of Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen category. Um, can the Patriots, with their pass rush, with what we see and how they struggle against mobile quarterbacks? can they stop Kyler Murray from running around for 15, 20 seconds and throwing it to Andrew Hopkins? Can, do they have the tools to do that? I don't know. That's okay. a great question. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the challenge that the Patriots have is that uh, they've not really done it. I mean, you could argue that they had a good day against Josh Allen last week, but I think a lot of that was due to game script and like, I don't know. I feel like the Bills were never really pressured that much. They were moving the ball pretty well when they wanted to. Um, and so you, there is an argument that they did a pretty good job against the Bills. But in general, we've yet to see it. 
it's been multiple years of problems for them. I don't envision them like all of a sudden having the solution right now, even though they've, in my mind, constructed the roster exactly to combat all of these mobile quarterbacks. And like they, they've gotten the Adrian Phillips, they got the Jabril Peppers. Those are the players that are really meant to stop the quarterbacks from running out of the pocket by having those mobile, you know, linebacker esque safeties that can help still be stout enough against the run, but make sure that they have enough speed to hit the sidelines to make sure the quarterbacks don't escape. So it's possible. My thought is that when you look at the construction of this Cardinals offense and the type of player personnel that they put out there, they do like to have a lot of, uh, you know, one, one packages. So three receivers, one tight end, one running back. Uh, James Conner plays pretty much hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, since Ertz been is out on the IR, Trey McBride has played around 75% of the snaps, but he's still very early in his career and he's not the same. And so it really comes down to, in my mind, can the Patriots make sure that Kyler Murray doesn't escape? And can you make sure that those three receivers that will be very, very good, they're very talented and savvy and veteran. Can the Patriots make sure that Kyler Murray stays within the pocket? Because in my mind, that's the number one priority. Yeah, I mean, keeping Kyler in the pocket is the priority. Easier said than done, obviously. And speaking easier said than done, you know, how do you cover DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, you don't. You know, you look at the number one receivers the Patriots have played against, the Justin Jeffersons, the Stephon Diggs. They've all gotten a significant amount of touches and yards. And it seems that Hopkins is going to be no exception. Is this a Jonathan Jones with safety help kind of thing? You may put uh, on an island. We know, well, how do you cover DeAndre Hopkins here? Yeah, no, and it's like all comes down to who is available too. We don't have any injury reports available at this point uh, at the time of our recording. But the way that uh, the Cardinals have traditionally or have like recently approached it is that like Hopkins and Hollywood Brown are pretty much 100% snap players. But also like during Hopkins suspension, Rondale Moore was 100% player, but he's dealing with a back injury. We're not sure if he'll be available. Last week, AJ Brown, uh, sorry, AJ Green. Uh, <laughs> That's silly. Uh, AJ Green and Robbie Anderson kind of split the snaps at like 50-50 for that third receiver spot. And so this is like a basketball slash really speedy team out there. Like they, DeAndre Hopkins has the best catch radius in the entire league, whether it's Robbie Anderson or, or, or AJ Green. You have either a lot of speed or a lot of really good possession ability. And then Hollywood Brown is one of the fastest receivers in the entire league. He's not necessarily Tyreek Hill, but he's like up there as it relates to being some of the fastest players out there. And so what do you do? Uh, you kind of have to hope that Trey McBride is not going to be the answer at that tight end spot for the Cardinals, because I think the entire Patriots defensive scheme has to come down to uh, if McBride beats you one-on-one, then you have to accept it. And what you cannot allow to have happen is a Kyler Murray escape, have a big day on the ground and B you can't allow those big plays to the players down the field. And so I would put Jonathan Jones on Hollywood Brown. I feel like that's where Jones shines. He struggled last week against Stefan Diggs, And I feel like Hopkins would give him similar pressure. Uh, I think Jonathan Jones is much better when he's dealing man on man against speedy players. And that's what Marquise Brown is. I think Jones would thrive in that competition. What I would love to see is Jalen Mills be available so that he can match up with safety help, uh, like really Devin McCourty or just you know, cover two, whoever is, is shading on that side uh, going up against DeAndre Hopkins. I would love to see that. And then the challenge that we have here is that AJ Green is six foot four. Robbie Anderson is six foot three and a half. Uh, that means that it's likely a Jack Jones situation, which is like 
a good option to have. Um, but also like, do you want a rookie against these two types of players? Like Robbie Anderson is a speedy player. They're very different. So like, do you want to put a five, nine Marcus Jones in coverage of Robbie Anderson or five, eight miles Bryant? I don't think so. That's a mismatch every single time. And so uh, the big challenge that the Patriots have is making sure that that third receiver doesn't break away from the Patriots young coverage players. Um, but the biggest priority in my mind is making sure that you have those safeties deep, uh, whether it's, you know, McCordy and Duggar in a cover two situation uh, or, you know, just McCordy alone in a cover one, you need to make sure that they don't break big down the field. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you can kind of tie that point into the bills game last week with the Patriots side that they're going to keep everything in front of them, not going to give up any huge plays to Diggs or whoever and, and force the bills to beat them down the field with 14, 15 play drives, which the bills did no problem. They had no problem doing that. And it was an absolute backbreaker that third quarter. What was it? 14, 15 play drive ended with a touchdown that yep. really put the game away. Uh, I do question the Cardinals are not the bills, obviously. And I, I, the good news is I don't think that the Cardinals have the offensive firepower or the ability. I don't think Kyler Murray is quite there yet able to lead like a 13, 14, 15 play drive. I don't think he can do that. They are a big play offense, but broken plays are going to happen, especially with the offensive line for the Cardinals being what it is. Kyle Murray is capable of running around for as long as he needs to. Nobody can cover anybody forever. That goes doubly for the receivers the, the, the Cardinals do have. And yeah, I can just picture these plays where Murray just kind of throws it up and there's yep. a taller receiver on a shorter DB. And odds are you're going to either come down with a catch or draw the DPI call. And that's going to probably happen a couple times. If you can limit those, that'd be great. Uh, my, my real concern, is, my real question is, are they going to do kind of a Mac Wilson style dedicated spy on Kyler Murray, or are they going to kind of go much more defensive back heavy? I mean, you know, they did a lot of six DBs, a lot of dime packing, a lot of cover threes against the Bills. We can see kind of more of that defensive formation or knowing that the offensive line is as weak as it is. Are they going to stack the box more, go a little bigger up front, really create pressure for Murray, try to hit him early, force some mistakes and, and try to get some turnovers to give the, the offense a short field position to then immediately go three and out with. Um, so that is the real question. I'm hoping it's going to be the, the latter. Honestly, I'd like to see him go a little bigger. I'm going to have Mac Wilson as my X factor, the, yeah, that, that QB spy, mm -hmm. force the pressure, keep the offensive line on its toes, hit Kyler Murray, Murray early and often. And then if you hit him enough, he can't scramble around forever. He'll make a mistake and then get those turnovers they so desperately need to give the offense field position. Yeah, totally. I mean, the Patriots need to force a turnover. That's the biggest thing is that you you look at the the Cardinals. Uh, they pretty much lose every single game that they have a, a turnover in or when they lose the turnover battle. They've had four turnovers in the past two weeks. Uh, this is how the Patriots win. They uh, force a lot of fumbles. Kyler Murray doesn't make a lot of mistakes as it relates to uh, you know throwing interceptions. He has one of the best interception rates in the league, but the ball hits the ground a lot. He, he has a significant number of fumbles, especially as he's running around. He has one of those uh, <laughs> running with the ball out in the wide open. So like, there will be opportunities to slap the ball out. So I'm going to go with actually the, the Patriots defensive line as my X factor. Um, I'm leaning towards Josh Uche, but also Judon because he's had a couple of quiet weeks in a row. Those are the players that I feel like need to do, again, same sort of the X factors last week against the Bills, contain on the edge, can't let Kyler Murray break out. Their gap integrity will be the most important part of the Patriots' defensive game plan working. And if they can keep him in the pocket, and if they can get those opportunities to squeeze and then force a fumble, which is like more likely than a, an interception, then I think that is the Patriots' path to, to winning this game.
Yeah, I mean, that, you know, thank goodness for Dietrich Wise. Hopefully Josh Uche keeps doing Josh Uche things. And I don't know what it is about these kind of late career jumps, but I am not going to complain about it. As always, the defensive line remains a big strength of this team. The question is, you know, is that kind of middle of the field going to be the death of the Patriots and that they give up space in the middle of the field and the DBs can't cover forever? Uh, Kyler Murray is a very talented athletic quarterback. And we don't have to say it any how many times can we say that the Patriots can't really handle athletic quarterbacks. Uh, the good news is, I guess, uh, if they do turn a, force a turnover, as you mentioned, the Cardinals don't win games. They have to be smart with the football. Uh, the real question, of course, Rich, I mean, if the Patriots do force a turnover, what's the offense going to do with it? Are they going to go <laughs> incompletion, screen for a negative five yards, sack, out, punt? A lot of field goals coming up, um, you know, Patriots offense against the Cardinals defense. Initial reactions has got the edge. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, um, I mean, Patriots should theoretically have the edge, but also we haven't seen a lot of good stuff out of them. Like the Patriots had the edge against the Vikings with the Vikings being the then worst uh, red zone defense in the entire league and Patriots went 0 for 3 against them. They're going up against this Cardinals defense that ranks second worst in the entire league in points allowed per drive. They are, they are one of the worst. They they rank third worst in uh, the number of drives they allow to end in points. And so uh, Patriots are going to be in a good position, good matchup ability to put points on the board. Uh, it really comes down to, can they execute? <laughs> like, can they call a good offense? That's the biggest problem. <laughs> like, I mean, you can talk about matchups to the cows come home and there aren't many world beaters on this Cardinals defense. Like I really like Buda Baker. I think he's very good. I think Zayvon Collins has a lot of upside and is a strong young linebacker. That's basically what I can give you. Like JJ Watt, Definitely on the back of his career, still like relatively productive, but he's not JJ Watt anymore. Marcus Golden, he's good for 10 sacks every other year, and this is not one of those years. This is not a strong defense. There are not a lot of really great players. Uh, they're dealing with, again, more injuries out there. They, uh, you know, Marco Wilson is an off cast from another team. That's basically their top cornerback right now, as Byron Murphy is dealing with injuries. Like, this is just a spin cycle of just struggle here for this Cardinals team. And I, I feel like the Patriots should, 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 being the operative word, be able to capitalize on it because there is not a matchup I see between this Cardinals defense and the Patriots offense that I feel like the Cardinals should win. 
which is like wild to say other than maybe like their linebackers have some speed, but they're also like relatively, I mean, Zayvon Collins, I think it's a prototypical Belichick linebacker. I was surprised they didn't take him, but Isaiah Simmons is, you know, one of that linebacker safety hybrid types of players. So it reminds me of the bills a little bit as it relates to the makeup of those linebackers with regards to their sideline to sideline ability, but their defensive line is not great. Their secondary is not great. There's a lot of opportunity in my head for the Patriots to be able to capitalize on these matchups. It really just comes down to, do I believe that they have the offensive playset competency to do so? And my very strong answer is I, I haven't seen anything to this point. So it's not going to be as easy as it theoretically should be. No, it's not. But let's just pretend for a second, just for a minute, let's have some fun. It's the holidays. <laughs> let's, let's, be out. let's just say the Patriots have a competent offense. They're yeah. good. They have a good running game. They have a good passing game. I'm not saying they're good offense. They're a competent offense. Should this magical competent offense take on this current Cardinals defense, would you be calling more runs or passes to better exploit those mismatches? Yeah. I mean, the, the way that I think the Patriots will win will be through Ramondre Stevenson. Like that's been the story. I think it will continue you look at the past, uh, you know, two losses. So past two games for the Cardinals, how they've lost the game. They've been against the Chargers and against the 49ers. Uh, obviously, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey are two of the best and most versatile running backs in the league. But Ramondre is putting his name up there. Uh, McCaffrey had, you know, seven carries for 39 yards. I think that was like his first game or one of his first couple of games in the 49ers uniform. Um, but he also had seven catches for 67 yards. Austin Eckler. 15 targets last week, uh, caught 11 of them for 60 yards and a score. Also DeAndre Carter, seven catches for 73 and a score, former Patriot right there. The the Chargers do not have a lot of great depth out there, um, but you look at how these teams have moved the ball, it kind of feeds into the Patriots defensive strategy of uh, Jacoby Myers and then Ramondre Stevenson. And so I think if Ramondre Stevenson has a monster game as he is just very capable of doing, uh, the Patriots could be in a pretty good situation to score here. It really comes down to what can the Patriots do in the red zone. And uh, I will say this again, as I've said multiple times throughout the season, Patriots got to score touchdowns. That's my game plan. They got to score touchdowns. <laughs> and they just uh, haven't shown that ability to do that reliably. Um, and when they get into that short field position, maybe they copy a little bit of what they did against the Vikings and just uh, try to avoid the short field in the red zone and try and score from 30 yards out. Those long, uh, for a second, I'm like, oh, yeah, Nick Folk field goals from 30 yards out. But, yes, actual touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> how sad is it that my, my immediate thought there was like, yeah, they're going to get to the 30 and then kick a field goal because that's probably how it's going to work. Womp. Yeah, but, again, I mean, I, I do think that the Cardinals are vulnerable in the middle of the field. Um, you know, the, like, the linebackers aren't great. This should be another good tight end game. It's it's so frustrating to watch this offense because you see there are these little pockets of, of really competent play, a quick drop back, a quick slant. Hunter Henry sits down in the zone, you know, Parker's sideline passes again. Like we've, we've, we've been basically, I feel like we, we have enough sound clips this season, just basically kind of just copy and paste every single podcast week to week. They're able to put things together when they're all on the same page. It just happens so infrequently that it just drives you absolutely crazy. And, you know, Jacoby Myers was out for practice yesterday. He was one of nine Patriots missing. There's a lot of guys out. Maybe there's some kind of illness going around the locker room. I don't know who's even going to be available. Again, given that Monday night game, you said we have no injury report. Um, but, you know, if the offense doesn't have a Jacoby Myers for whatever reason, if, if guys are still banged up, 
you know, are they going to be able to move the ball at all? You know, this could be one of those very low-scoring games where where neither offense can get anything going. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as say it's going to be a Patriots-Jets redux where you know we need like a walk-off punt return to to, to close the game out. But this could be like the game where the first of 20 wins, and I'll be I'll be happy to score 20 points, honestly. Yeah, no, it's true. And like, I think the Patriots theoretically can do it. Like they theoretically (laughs) can do it. They have all of the pieces here to be able to pull it off. That's been the story the entire year. I will also say big thing in the Patriots favor here, the defense that ranks absolute bottom in the entire league in coverage of tight ends are our friends, the Arizona Cardinals. And so my X factor for this game will be Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Uh, as always, but in a way that I feel like, you know, with Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, if they're available to go, they're going to combine for 20 targets. They're going to put up, uh, you know, 150 yards and a score between the two of them. Like that will happen just through the air. Ramondre might put another like 50 to hundred on the ground. That is, that is fine. In order to go over the top against this Cardinals team, they need other players to step up. There will be those favorable matchups at that tight end spot. Uh, Hunter Henry has been given more opportunities than Johnny Smith, obviously, but I have to just like combine them too, because they've just been so underwhelming as a position in general. But if there is ever a game for the Patriots tight ends to pull it together and look like their 50 mil contract selves, this is that game. And if they don't do that, then it's just going to be a weak limp to the finish line. And like, maybe the Patriots still pull it off. Uh, But I think if the Patriots are to win this one in a, you know, convincing fashion, it'll be because the tight ends had a solid day. Tight end solid day, tight ends, plural, be great. We've had a tight end with a solid day. We've never, I don't think we've had a single time where both Janu and Henry had a solid day since they both came to the Patriots. So maybe this is the one I would love to see that happen. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm cheating here, but can I make my offensive X factor Marcus Jones and like the two plays they're going to give him that might actually cause a spark? Uh, <laughs> him get a very small handful of snaps a game he might be their best all-around athlete and that screen pass was again i think that was the only thing i can really remember from the bills game so i'd love to see marcus jones get in there on a couple of packages get a quick screen maybe an end around a jet sweep that goes for positive yards and just have him on the field as a player that the cardinals need to account for i know he's a defender a special teamer but uh given the offensive woes i don't feel too bad making him my offensive x-factor Oh, totally. I mean, you could put the whole special teams unit as the real offensive X factor because uh, if the if the special teams unit doesn't kick their field goals as they historically have, then they're dead in the water. And like we saw that against the Bills, if you you miss a forty eight yarder, there's not a chance you're going to win this game. Uh, so any sort of uh, special teams ability from Marcus Jones, uh, whether as an offensive spark plug or you know, Patriots have the number one starting field position in the entire league. So that's due to Marcus Jones and the defense and special teams units doing a great job putting Mac Jones and the offense in position to do well uh it's more a matter of uh will they do anything once they have that and so i think it's fair to say that if mac uh, marcus jones if uh he's able to help flip the field a couple times absolutely that could be the difference in this entire game well we will soon see again patriots cardinals monday night uh i'm not sure if anything want to talk about rich otherwise prediction time yeah let's go to it all right let's see so last week you had the bills beating the patriots 34 24 uh the patriots did not even come close to 24 points I had them winning 27-16. They didn't come close to scoring 16 points, which is pretty sad. But I guess I was closer. Uh, a victory I am not happy to take in any capacity. Uh, but I guess I'm going first here. So they're at Arizona, which, again, road and home don't mean as much as they used to in the Tom Brady era. 
This is a must-win game. I know it's not technically a must-win game in terms of playoff kind of elimination, but if they don't win this game, you said it, the season's over if they don't do it. And I think they have to know and understand that sense of urgency going into this. So I think the Patriots win this one in a narrow victory. Uh, I'm taking them in another low-scoring game, something like 17-13. Ooh, all right. Well, uh, I agree. I think the Patriots have to win this one, and I think they do. Even though the Cardinals are coming out of a bye week, that's definitely notable. Um I think that the Patriots have a better roster top to bottom. Uh, and I feel like talent can overcome the coaching in this circumstance. And uh, I think the Patriots win, win in a little bit more of a higher scoring game, but like maybe not a, in a massive way. But I think the Patriots win this one something like 24 to 13. 24 to 13. All right. We both have the Cardinals scoring 13 points. So I have some math to do if the Patriots win this one coming into our Tuesday podcast. But that's all right. I'll be gladly doing math versus us both sitting here being like, well, the Cardinals won, the season's over. Now what do we talk about? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, next episode is number 300 for us, Alec. Wow. Uh, Right now we are at episode 299. Thank you all for listening all these years. Uh, I want to go back and just listen to what our first episode was. And my goodness, uh, we've come a long way. So thank you to the millions of listeners that have supported us over (laughs) the the past few years. Uh, Wouldn't be here without you. Uh, And Alec, Until next time, have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.